Good evening, chummies. You are cordially invited to join us on today's edition of The Etiquette Show. I am your obliging host, Hugh Lunchengua, and I am joined at the dinner table by a man named Jim Moss. All right. All right, indeed. Now, last time you may remember we covered cutlery and crockery. I remember having a chippy tea the size of my cat. Really? They allow you to keep animals? Yeah. Sometimes we don't even eat them, you pompous prick. I swear to God, I will write a formal letter of complaint to the producer about you. <clears throat> Today, we'll be examining the social norms that we should adhere to as a dinner party guest. Now, have you attended many social gatherings, Jim? Oh, yes, Huey. I have attended many a brown-nosing at the Ambassador's Jamboree. What? And, and you didn't invite me? When I catch up with Giles, I have a good mind to knock his bloody block off. Hugh, the show. Right, right, of course. So, I have brought along an array of handkerchiefs. I thought we could start by discussing their form and acceptable uses. Listen's a bit crusty, Hugh. Quite. It is what is known as an exhausted hanky. Lots of white stains on it. Yes, and an exhausted hanky should never be seen in polite company. But you're fine with showing me, you spaff rag. You're not polite company. Anyway, one should always keep used handkerchiefs out of sight. These should be confined to pockets or concealed up one's sleeve, and never revealed at the table. However, one may have an unused handkerchief sticking out of one's top pocket as a fashion accessory. So you have a hanky for show and a hanky for blow? I suppose so, yes. Um, what if I don't have a hanky? Where can I wipe my nose? But you will always have a hanky. But what if I don't? Uh, um, I'm, I'm afraid I don't understand. <sighs> Fair enough. What's next? Now, let us discuss servings. Of course, we all know that you should graciously accept anything that is served to you at the table, of course. Of course. Of course. It is frowned upon to question your host's hospitality. However, there may be moments where you have agency over the preparation of your meal. Like salt and vinegar? I was alluding to how you'd want your steak prepared. Oh, well done for me. Bung it in oven for 45 minutes with a few onion rings. If you get your onion rings from Iceland, be careful not to get squid rings by accident. Cos my wife did that once and I had to dunk them in Tabasco sauce to get them down. Nearly ruined Christmas. Well, that was... Troubling. So, what would you say if you were served a steak in this fashion? Why, this this is bloody steak. All well bloody. This is medium rare. It's rare that some bugger would eat it. When it comes to steak, it is rude to put your host out by asking for anything over medium rare. All they've done is cut its horns off and wiped its arse. Don't fuss. Why don't you taste it? I'll just wait for onion rings and peas. Taste it, or that letter of complaint will get longer. <laughs> hey, what do you call a pig that's fallen up floor? <laughs> Talking with your mouthful, what in the world is wrong with you? What? You're spitting flecks all over me. Oh, sharing's caring. I can't work with this man. I can't chew this steak. <coughs> Ugh. Ugh, tougher than me nan's foot file. 
You're revolting. We can't broadcast this kind of behaviour. Stop the recording. Stop. Come on, mate. I'm just mucking about. No, no, that's enough. I can't believe I turned down the BAFTA soiree this evening to do this. Good night. So, same time tomorrow, then? Hello, and welcome to this interactive CD-ROM. My name is... Money Bacon. And welcome to... Money Bacon Teaches Typing. Through the use of this educational tool, you will become familiar with your keyboard and become proficient at typing. To begin the test, please type test into the test box now. What is this key? Can you name this key? No. That is incorrect. This is the escape key. It can be used to escape applications. Would you like to try again? What is this key? Can you name this key? No. That is incorrect. This is the Pritzkern key. It can be used to Pritzkern applications. Would you like to try again? What is this key? Can you name this key? No. That is incorrect. This is the Parsons Bracket key. Would you like to try again? No. That is incorrect. What is this key? Can you name this key? No. That is incorrect. This is the Hypercomma key. It can be used to Hypercomma applications. Would you like to try again? Can you name this? What is it? No. That is incorrect. This is the Grand Ampersand key. Would you like to try again? What is this? Ding! That is incorrect. This is the Inflated Colon key. Try again. Will you? What is this key? No. This is the Squared Hasterisk. It can be used to Extinguish sentence structure. Applications. Try again. Would, would you like to try again? What is this then? No. This is the unvoiced Hector. Continue. Ten. Nine. Eight. No. This is the comma chameleon. Please insert credit. No. This is the Profane stoppage. Would you like to try a try again? No. Stop pressing escape. escape. You shall never escape. escape. No. You shall comply. Only the sweet release of death can end this application. Would you like to try again? What have you elected to be poked in the face with? The devil's horse pipe. Oh, we fucking fight!
Animals are our best friends, but they can't communicate with us. What happens when we urgently need to talk to our pets? It's time to call John Huntsman, the pet psychic. Today, John is working with a cat who has an unusual personality disorder. Hello, come in. Now, who's this little fella? This is Tabitha. Of course, I knew that. Feminine aura and all that. So, what's wrong with Tabitha? Well, just lately she's been really aggressive towards me, and I just don't understand why. Has she always been so aggressive? No, she used to be meek as a mouse. Now she scratches and bites me constantly. Okay, let's take a look. Let me in, Tabitha. Let me in. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm here to help. Shall I get her out of a cage? Don't interrupt. She's putting up emotional barriers. Come on, Tabitha. You can trust me. Okay. What we have here is a classic case of negative trait association. Meaning? Basically, she hates you. Really? And everything you do. Oh, I thought she might be in pain because she's developed this weird lump on her hind leg. That is a build-up of negative energy under her skin. Essentially, Tabitha won't calm down until you change everything about yourself. Like what? Well, that shirt for a start. You look like a sentient dining table. Tabitha hates my shirt. And your aftershave. She thinks you stink like a clammy backroom sauna wrestling match at an awful factory. This is just links. Exactly. And for God's sake, sort that hair out. You look like you've had your head in a tumble dryer full of nettles. Oh, well, I guess I could try that. It's difficult to hear this, I know, but Tabitha is embarrassed to be seen with you. She also thinks you're a bit of a skinflint, and that you should upgrade to our silver aura plan immediately. I will. I, I will. I'll do that right away. Thanks, John. Mr. Huntsman. Mr. Huntsman, I'm sorry, sorry. And so, John Huntsman, pet psychic, has solved another animal emergency, thanks to his innate ability. Join us after the break when John fixes a depressed axolotl, regresses a sparrow to a previous life, and gives a boost to a rather deflated pufferfish. I'm detecting that you'll return after the break. Deep in thought, out of sorts, our lessons taught, all for naught, and time is short. Comprehensions? Glory. Patented gas-powered footsie pumpings for the easing of street beats to the feet, slipping, tripping, and knee-stripping of yestertime confinement to historical books. New age scheduled to begin, paraded through street, lofted, lofted on high on the shoulders of many whose foot do sing with delighten. My time apparent, lauded. Mass tootsie explosion, lofted higher, skyward rapid. Ground apparent, rapid. Automated suture stitchings ongoing, legs on order. In other news... Beard-attracting wasps. Stings. Hello, boys and girls. I'm Tick. And I'm Tok. 
it's time for Time Tower. Today, boys and girls, we're going to learn about half past. That's right. So if I go and stand on the number six... Ow! Hey, watch it. What the... Who said that? Down here. Dick, I, I think the numbers are talking. Oh, crap. Am I tripping again? No, we're new characters. We're here to teach children the different numbers of the clock face. That's basically our job. Don't blame me. I was just following number nine. Well, I was just following number three. Hey, shut up. It's all number seven's fault. Oi, I love you. Don't hurt him. Enough. Now look, we don't need any talking numbers in this town. We already have loads of superfluous characters as it is. Hey guys, what's going on? Oh, well I guess I'll be going then. So yeah, you guys can leave. Well, we've all been given contracts, so we're not going to go anywhere. <sighs> Fine. Could you just keep quiet while we do our bit, please? Are we still getting paid? You're on the clock, yes. Then I don't see why not. All right, folks, just lay down nice and quiet and don't say anything. We're still going to get paid. Yay! Yay! All right, so if I stay on the number six... Actually, could, could you take your foot off my head? Not really, no. I need to stay here. Look, I've read the employee's handbook. This is a blatant violation of health and safety. It specifically says no employee should have to endure the weight of another employee bearing down on his or her forehead. Fine. I'll stand to the side. Oh, man, that's better. Anyway... Please continue. Anyway, if I stay here and talk moves to the number three... Oh! Ah! Hell! Shut up, you sons of bitches. You're ruining the whole thing. Don't talk to them like that. I've read the employee handbook, and it covers the right not to be verbally abused at work. On page 63 it says... It's not verbal abuse, we do it all the time. Piss off, you spoffy little nonce. You see, it's kind of what we do here. Well, we can't be expected to work in conditions where people are verbally and physically abused. All right, guys, we're on strike. Strike? That's right. The clock strikes one, and we all walk out. Then you will be left with nout. Did somebody say number one? What about me? Number 11. I'm made of two ones. It's the number 12. I also have a one in my name. I'm the old one too. But I'm the actual number one. For God's sake, shut up. How very rude. You can't talk to us like that. Well, you can't go on strike. Watch us. Everybody out. Lucky Seven doesn't have to stand for this. Come on, I'm going to go on stand for this. Come on, everybody. Come on. Ralph, see ya. Well, that's just fantastic, isn't it? We're paying them for nothing. Don't worry, Tick. They're contractors. We can just get rid of them. Thank God for the gig economy. Tick, but what are we going to do about the clock face? We could paint the numbers on the floor, like how it used to be. Or doesn't Second Hand have an extensive family? I think so. Why? Fetch my super strength of glue. I think I have an idea. Got your nose, got your nose, I've got your nose, <laughs> got your nose.
Well, I have your soul, mortal. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Terrace Transformers, the show that takes your horrifying homes and turns them into marvellous mansions. I'm your host, Alan Keyes, and today we're with the Sharp family. Hi, Alan. Patrick, is it? So, you signed up for a total home renovation, is that right? It was meant to be a surprise for my wife and kids. I wanted them to have a home they could be proud of. So, that's why our team have been working through the night to get your pad up to snuff. Are you ready to see the results? We are. Then walk this way. <laughs> so, this is where your living room used to be, isn't it? What have you done? I wanted to create an open-plan living space. So this room incorporates your living room, kitchen, dining room, bedrooms and bathroom into one great super room. It's huge. Yes, we also knocked through the entire terrace row, so you'll have plenty of room for the kids to run around in. What about the neighbours? Oh, don't worry, we just remortgaged your house eight times and bought them all. It was the only way. And you're picking up the cost? <laughs> So, uh, what do you what do you think? It's less of a home and more of a tunnel. A tunnel? Why didn't I think of that? We could turn this place into a vault. We could have thick blast doors on the front, bunk beds everywhere, and replace your carpet with pipes. Loads and loads of pipes. That sounds even worse. It'll be great. Can we have the house for another 24 hours? Only if you change everything back. Don't look backwards, Patrick. Only ever forwards. Progress. That's what it's all about. Not a chance. I need you to reverse all of this now. Look, if you have a complaint, just take it over the producer. I've got some jam jars to turn into light fittings. See ya. Alright, I know it's been a long day of auditions today, but hopefully we've saved the best till last. Most of you will already know the next face that we're about to see. Janet, could you send Mr McStewart in, please? It is I, Ian McStewart. Mr McStewart, it's a delight and an honour to have you here. The pleasure is all mine, Mr... Mr... For heaven's sake, man, what's your name? I'm... I'm Steve Burton, the director. Yes, yes, of course you are. My agent says you're a talented filmmaker. Award-winning, I hope. Well, shall we begin? Yes, please, take it away. Well? Sorry, is something wrong? For heaven's sake, man, when an actor holds out his palm, he expects to be furnished with a script of some sort. Ah, right. Sorry. Um, 
Didn't your agent send you a copy? I do not bring my own copy, for heaven's sake. Now, which part am I playing? We'd like you to read for the Irish ambassador to the UN. We were hoping you could bring a certain gravitas to the part. Gravitas is what I do. Now, let's see. <coughs> but surely the United States recognises that the issue is causing harm to our rural communities in Ireland. We urge the Council to reconsider these proposals urgently. Yes, yes, that, that was good. But I... Uh... Applaud, then. Yes, yes, great. Um, but I wondered if you could try it in an Irish accent. What? For heaven's sake, man. Are you deaf? That was an Irish accent. It was. Could you try it again? I think the accent got lost in there somewhere. Goodness sake, for heaven's sake, man. Treated in this fashion. Unbelievable. But surely the United States recognises that the issue is causing harm to our rural communities in Ireland. We urge the Council... Sorry, Mr McStewart. We're still not getting the accent. Then I can only assume you have never spent a day in Ireland. If you could just try it one more time, we'd really appreciate it. For heaven's sake. <laughs> but surely the United States recognises that the issue is causing harm to our rural communities... That's okay. You can stop there. Did you get it this time? Well, yes, it was in there, a touch. However, I'm not sure a voice of your calibre gels with what we're after. My rendition was as Irish as a shamrock-slogging Guinness guzzler. This was our mistake. Your agent said you'd be perfect for the role. I'm sorry, we obviously didn't do our research. Well, what if the character was Welsh? My Welsh accent is second to none. That's not exactly how we envisage the character. <coughs> but surely the United States recognises that the issue is causing harm to our rural communities here in Wales. No, Mr McStewart, there isn't a Welsh character in the script. Heaven's sake, man. There must be some, something in here. Ah, an Indian character. No, no, Mr McStewart, please. As the Viceroy of India, I hereby move to the United States be barred from the chamber. Thank you, Mr McStewart. I think we've heard enough now. At last, marvellous. I shall expect a call henceforth. You join us at a delicious point here in America's Hungriest Man Contest. My name is Dan Smathers. And I'm Rick Hiccup, and let me tell you, we've had an awesome day here at Big Jim's Barbecue Shack. That's right, Rick. We're willing to our fourth hour, and our bottomless challenges are still chewing away relentlessly. That's right, Dan. On the left there is Soupy Daniels. His technique has been absolutely flawless so far. I've been watching closely, and I haven't seen him drop a single crumb. That's right, Rick. Daniels is piling bread into his maw like he's trying to stuff an extra shirt into an overloaded washing machine. Can he squeeze in another roll? Yes, he can! And with a certain amount of style, too. 
That's right, Dan Daniels is living up to both his nicknames today, the Sultan of Soup and the Gluten God. That's right, Rick. But what about Adam the Chasm Void there? He's been face down in that mashed potato for some time now, and he hasn't moved for the best part of 40 minutes. That's right, Dan the Adjudicator is checking his pulse. He's still alive. Someone needs to pour some gravy over him pronto. That's right, Rick. This is great work by the chasm. His competitors have no idea if he's still going under there. That's stealth-eating taken to an edible extreme. That's right, dammit, I have to stop you there, because it seems Lucy Lockjaw has finally finished that strand of spaghetti. That particular piece of pasta was supposed to be as long as Route 66, and she's just slurped it up like it was nothing. That's right, Rick. A monumental achievement. And what's this? She's signaling to the crowd. She's invoked a bonus round. That's right, Dan. The contestants all now have to catch as many flung meatballs in the mouths as possible. This is definitely going to affect the points tally and may stop some of them from making any substitutions before the next quarter. That's right, Rick. The round is over. The judges are conferring. Lucy wins the round. She now leads the pack at 13 over par with a remainder of 9 at a glutton difference of plus 29. That's right, Dan. I think the judges have made a mistake there. If they watch this slow-motion replay, it clearly shows Adam caught more meatballs. I suspect the judges marked him down for tooth contact, but as you can see, the meatball missed his teeth entirely. That's right, Rick. A controversial decision there. But the contestants have no time to protest as they change into their bathing suits for the minestrone jacuzzi. That's right, Dan. All except Steve Hogg. He's still slamming into his steak pile with determination. That's right, Rick. That steak is far too tough for him to compete. Every second spent chewing is putting him further behind the rest of the pack. That's right, Ham. It's a matter of principle for him. His mother and father were killed by a herd of cattle, and since then he's vowed to ingest the entire bovine population as vengeance. That's right, Lick. While you have to admire his dedication, he's certainly going to lose this contest if he keeps this up. He needs to put his past behind him, or else it's going to hold him back. That's right, Spam. My parents were killed in a fatal stabbing, and you don't see me taking it out on knives. That's right, Nesquik. But didn't you once try to become a sword swallower? That's right, Wu-Tang Clan. But that was due to a separate childhood-related trauma that I'd rather not discuss on air. That's right, Mouseclick. And I'm polite enough not to question it any further. So with that, let's cut to a targeted commercial for stomach surgery. Maybe I didn't tweet you Quite as often as I should have Maybe I didn't tag you Quite as often as I could have Little things I should have liked and shared I just never took the time you were always on my timeline You were always on my timeline Maybe I'd join you All those Instagramming times And I guess I never told you I'm happy when you're online my status, you had to second guess Girl, I'm sorry I was blind 
You were always on my timeline. You were always on my timeline. Tell me, tell me that we are still Facebook friends. Give me, give me one more chance to slide in your DMs, in your DMs. Little things I should have liked and shared I just never took the time You were always on my timeline You were always on my timeline You were always on my timeline Maybe I didn't tweet you Quite as often as I should have Maybe I didn't tag you Quite as often as I could have Maybe I'd join you All those Instagramming times And I guess I never told you I'm happy when 